we'll do Yemei Chabad for Yutes Elul, for the 19th day of Elul. That is the day that the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe entered for the first time to 770 Eastern Parkway. Now, everybody has heard Lubavitch World Headquarters that uh, the number, it's, you don't even have to say Eastern Parkway, you just say 770, everybody knows what 770 is. You don't even is. know what Eastern Parkway <laughs> <laughs> so, by the way, the uh, people that figured out, and the Rebbe has used that terminology too, I heard the Rebbe say this also, is that the numerical value of 770 equals the words of Faratzto. One of the slogans of the Rebbe was the verse that talks about the blessing that God gave to uh, Jacob. He told him, that you shall burst out to the east, to, to, to the west, to the east, and to the south, to the north. And one of the uh, slogans was that Hasidic teaching and the philosophy and the enthusiasm should uh, burst out and spread out and engulf basically the whole world with its passion, with its uh, special devotion and fervor, you know, what Hasidic teaching and Chabad teaching has and that is the numerical value of 770 so uh, it is uh, of significance that went into uh, 770 the Rebbe published a whole booklet uh, in which he gave a talk uh, talking about the base that is the rabbi's house in Babylonia which is from the Talmud which states that basically a whole house of worship and a house of uh, prayer and a house of uh, study and a house of where good deeds come from has a very, very special level. It's not just an ordinary home. It becomes like a sanctuary. It becomes like a miniature Beit HaMikdash. Like we also say that all synagogues are considered to be a base Mikdash Ma'at, a small and a miniature kind of a sanctuary. Now we have to understand that that was a synagogue which eventually went through many transformation until it became a huge hall downstairs but it started off very very small when the Rebbe the previous Rebbe came to this country there was only a handful of people that would come uh, they would look for a minion sometimes when they started out and you can only imagine what transpired over the years in which you know there was never space later on as big as they made it there was always packed there was always jammed and uh, well you know now you have a minion going from uh, morning through uh, it's 24 7 basically it's functioning it's a uh, continuous functioning the synagogue but that's why it was significant but as you know that the one of the challenges that the previous Rebbe had was to change the mindset of the people over here. People were very much uh, foreign. They didn't believe the idea that America could become a place of, of study, of religious uh, service to Hashem, to yeshivas and everything, as they had it in in Europe, I mean, this was something that the people didn't believe can happen over here. And one of the first things that the previous Rebbe said is that 
America is no different, which means that we're going to uh, work hard to change the people's perception. And the Rebbe, with the help of the uh, the Rebbe, the present Rebbe, the previous Rebbe, they went and they established, you know, educational institutions, uh, uh, various uh, kinds of camps. outreach and camps, etc. All, all services and also social services and, and uh, uh, to help people in, in all kinds of different ways. And the biggest challenge in the olden days was actually was financing all this because people, A, uh, within the Chabad community, were not affluent at the time. Most of these people came from Europe and they were struggling just to survive. Um, and one of the challenges was to get some funding to, I mean, today, by contrast, if you look at the funding and the uh, amount of uh, uh, philanthropy that's going on, and even amongst uh, Chabad followers, some, you know, thank God have made it and some of them are pretty well off themselves so they can support their own causes but also uh, we learned how to uh, raise the conscience of other people who are not even Chabad who don't identify themselves being Chabad but yet they are able to realize and understand that uh, the important work that Chabad does to preserve Yiddishkeit to make sure that there will be a, a next generation that there will be uh, in the tradition will be transmitted and keep on going, you know, from generation to generation. So going into 770, uh, which remains till today, gave it sort of this uh, stability that now when the Rebbe they bought the house and the Rebbe went in there. And when the Rebbe went into the previous Rebbe the first time uh, in 770, which was, as mentioned, the 19th day of Elul in the year Tafshin, that was in 1940. And first he went into the uh, synagogue. The synagogue at the time consisted of that one building. If you, They have replicas today of 770 throughout the world, and in Israel, and in all over the place. They have replicas. That's the main original building, which has th several floors, three floors, and a basement. Um, the shul was on the first floor. So first the Rebbe went into the first floor, and he says that a prayer to God, he prayed that the prayers that we will do over here should be prayers that come from our inside, that we should really mean what we pray, and that they should be sweetened with true inner service to Hashem. And then he went into the uh, uh, dining room. Now, I'm assuming that this was already went up uh, because the dwelling place was the second floor. This was on the first floor, was the shul, and there was some offices over there, but the actual living space of the previous Rebbe was on the upper floor, and they installed a, uh, an elevator over there. Later on, it was difficult, uh, so they have an elevator in there too, but um, he went into the uh, room, uh, dining room, he sat down, and uh, he uh, gave a talk to the people there, and in that talk he discussed the concept uh, why we don't do the blessing of the new month of Tishrei. There is a printed uh, sikha, it doesn't go through here. You know that 
every month of the year, the Shabbos before the month, we do a special prayer in the synagogue. We call that Shabbat Mevarchim. We call that the Shabbos that we bless. Because the Shabbat that precedes the new month, we do a special blessing for that month. We bless that the month should be for life, for peace, for happiness. We give all the blessings. And we do that on Shabbat because we're basically trying to announce the upcoming month that it's coming. So that's when most of the people gather in shul. That's the most fitting time to do the reminder and to do the blessing for the upcoming month. We do that for every month of the year with the exception before Rosh Hashanah, we don't do the Shabbat Mevarachim. So like next week Shabbos, when it's going to be the Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah, we're not going to do that special blessing for the for the month. And there is various reasons given uh, for that. Uh, one of the reasons is because we don't want to make a public announcement about the upcoming high holidays because we don't want the Satan to find out that the high holidays are coming and that Rosh Hashanah you know, how do we trick the Satan who's an angel, who knows, that's another whole other discussion, but the later on the uh, explanation came forward that um, even though we don't bless that month which means in the shul but that's actually blessed by God himself matter of fact the, that blessing that God gives us before the Rosh Hashanah is what gives us the power later on to go ahead and bless all the other months. So we have the special blessing on the Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah. We are not missing anything, rather we don't do the blessing, but rather Hashem does the blessing. We can all imagine that as much as we, as human beings, can do a blessing, we're limited and we're just limited human beings. If God does the blessing, that's beyond anything that we can imagine. So it turns out that the blessings we get before Rosh Hashanah are even greater and more powerful, more profound, because they come from Hashem Himself. But that was a talk that he gave at that particular time. And, um, um, and uh, I guess from then, the rest is history. That became uh, 770, and that became the... The, the nerve center, I guess, for all the activities throughout the world. And uh, the Rebbe would often say and speak about the fact that um, this was a, a, a place of holiness in which, of course, the Rebbe attributed everything to his father-in-law. The Rebbe would always say, my father-in-law, my father-in-law, he never attributed anything to himself individually. And, um, and the Rebbe said, this is a place where my father-in-law for 10 years, because from 1940 through 1950, in which uh, the passing of the uh, previous Lubavitcher Rebbe. Um, so you think about it, it, it was just shy of 10 years because uh, if he came in the month of Elul um, and uh, he passed away on Yud Shvat, on the 10th of Shvat, so it's about nine and a half years that he lived. And the previous Rebbe didn't have an easy life. Uh, and um, or with all the with all the uh, service that he had from especially back home uh, from the uh, Bolsheviks and all the battles over there and then then with the Germans and then traveling until so, till he finally came to the United States so one can 
just understand that these last 10 years of his life were basically years of, 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 of some sort of peace and being able to fully be active without but his health took a turn towards the end to the worst I mean he was uh, uh, semi-paralyzed he couldn't speak he couldn't uh, it was very difficult passed when he was 70 but he was still a still a young man relatively I mean he didn't have any it was just like um, all the the, 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 uh, the troubles that he had to um, you know go through uh, until he came so the Rebbe himself in his talks, I mean, the Rebbe, he was Rebbe for about, for just like 30 years. His father, uh, his father passed away in, um, in 1930, so, uh, I mean 1920, so he had from to 30 to 40 to 50, that was his 30 years. And the Rebbe sort of divided up these uh, 30 years into 10 uh, segments, 10 pieces, and showed how they each one represent a different, um, a different part in his uh, service. But uh, he definitely was the uh, symbol of uh, total self-sacrifice and uh, standing up for Yiddishkeit, for Hashem, for the Torah. Um, when I first came to the area, uh, I went to visit uh, with Rabbi Soloveitchik. Uh, he was the, you must have heard, the great uh, the rabbi and scholar from the famous Soloveitchik family. He was the head of Maimonides and he was um, uh, Yeshiva University and he was just a, uh, an outstanding scholar and leader. And uh, um, I went to visit him. Uh, he was already, uh, must have been in 19... Uh, 83 or something like that, 82, 83, I'm not sure exactly. He was frail and, you know, he's, he was shaking when he spoke. I'm not sure if he had Parkinson's or something, you know, but he was, uh, he, uh, it was hard for him, but we came to visit him in his house and he was um, very um, accepting to us and he was, like, very warm and, you know, we were Chabad. This is Maimonides mainly, it was modern Orthodox. He became the leader of modern Orthodox, but he was very, very uh, uh, kind and uh, reached out to us. He wasn't threatened. And he, and he, no, but he, yeah, and he, he told us something very interesting. He says that he was in, uh, in, 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 in Berlin um, at the time, I guess he was studying at the time, and when the previous Rebbe came out of, uh, when he came out of Russia, uh, he was uh, he was a student there, and there was a the chief rabbi. I believe some of the details are a little vague, but so it was a Rabbi Hildesheimer who was like the chief rabbi, and and he told him the chief rabbi told to Rabbi Salvechik. He says uh, he says to him, you know, he was a young student, and he says, "Would you like to come with me? I'm going to go visit now the hero, the one and only hero who stood up against the." Bolsheviks against the Russian government to continue Yiddishkeit. He's like the champion of Mesirat Nefesh. He's like the star who really was able to overcome and made it through and came out. And this was like a big, um, very prestigious. So he said he went along together with the with the chief rabbi at the time. He went to visit the Rebbe. And, and the previous Rebbe was in a beautiful hotel over there, a suite, and there was 
So he said something to the effect that Rabbi Hilzheimer asked him, you know, look, he was like uh, a little bit taken aback, like he, he went like in the most fanciest hotel, it's like a five star. I say, you know, those were like reserved for, I guess, uh, for the top echelon, <laughs> for the uh, high rollers. I mean, uh, the, I guess the general people would stay in a four-star hotel or something less. And here, the Rebbe is coming out. So he sort of said, Rebbe, wow, you know, you, uh, you come out and you're in a... And he, he quoted the Rebbe at the time. The Rebbe told him that uh, the law is that when one comes out of prison, uh, so even a Chalamoye, there are certain laws, you know, one's not supposed to take a haircut, one is not supposed to uh, do certain things because of the honor of the holiday and during Chalamoye, but there's an exception made for one who was incarcerated and didn't have a chance to, so to beautify themselves for the for the Yom Tev and for the upcoming holiday. So something to the effect, if I remember correctly, uh, being incarcerated and being in all this service, so in honor of Hashem, and other than has to come and beautify himself. So that was something that they, they experienced, you know, at that time, he related to us. Um, but, but anyways, that's the 19th day of Elul, is the day that he came into 770, and the Mitzvah Shem, from there we will merit to take all the shuls are says are going to fly are going to uh, with Mashiach, they're all going to fly uh, to Eretz Yisrael they're going to fly to Israel to make one big base Hamikdash over there and uh, it says all the shuls and all the all the shuls and all the uh, study halls, uh, Yiddish guide will all will get up and come to Eretz Yisrael and um, hope that it happens very soon in our days